You're listening to the Exhibitionist Podcast, hosted by Nicola Reader and brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and ProExtra, a wholly owned subsidiary of 12th Man Solutions Limited. Hi there and welcome to episode 36 of the Exhibitionist Podcast. I'm your host, Nicola Reader, and as always, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you with us. Later on in this episode, we'll be throwing over to a conversation we've had with Stefan Appleby. And some of our regular listeners may remember we spoke to Steph last year regarding um, comms and trade shows in general. But we thought he would be a really valuable guest to have back on the show at this time and just help businesses, whatever sector of the events industry you're in, think about ways they can communicate with their customers during the current crisis that we are all facing. So where do we start with today's episode? Well, it has been a few weeks since we last brought you a podcast episode and we took the decision to do that just because some of the content we'd got recorded we didn't feel was quite appropriate for the time and we also thought everybody probably had more to prioritise on and needed to focus on getting their businesses transitioned either to working from home or reduced capacity um, or decided what was going to be right for them as we face the pandemic globally. So apologies that we have been a little bit quiet, but we did think now was the right time to come back and try and help you and try and add some value and and help give some advice and support and maybe some inspiration to think about how you keep talking to customers over the next few months or weeks. But before we get to that conversation with Steph, I think it would be really easy at the moment to feel like there's uh, it's a really anxious time for everybody. There's an awful lot of news and content and new information and it could be quite easy to get quite down about things. But actually, for me, I'm the sort of person who just looks for the positives and I think there's some fantastic stuff happening in the industry that we can be really proud of and I just wanted to share some of that in the context of totally appreciating how difficult a time it is for everybody I just wanted to give a sense of everything that the event industry is doing, and I'll only cover a a fraction of it here that we should be really proud of. Everybody I'm speaking to who has had events postponed or cancelled, either as an exhibitor or an organiser or even just a visitor, um, is really disappointed about that. Nobody's taken that decision lightly, and we should be on site opening the UK food shows today. And there was a a lot of texts going around this morning saying, I'm really missing you, I wish we were there, I wish the doors were just opening, I wish there was some great food getting cooked up and sampled. And our time will come. That's due to happen again in September. And for a lot of events, we're now looking forward to the autumn season when actually for all of us that have been stuck at home working for what could be months, it's going to be a great time to reconnect, re-engage, make physical connections with people again. And the events industry is going to be even more important than ever. And that's something we can all be really excited about as we all get to come together towards the end of the year and really make those events and those shows as strong as they possibly can be. So I think that's something great on the horizon where we know what an important role we're going to play for people and for businesses as we come out of this crisis. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it makes me really proud and really interested in seeing how the Nightingale Hospital is coming along down at XL. Absolute kudos to all the guys down there making it happen. It's a phenomenal achievement. And who knew you could do that with Shell Scheme? It's just fantastic to watch it come into life. And I know other venues, such as the NEC and, and Manchester Central, are potentially going to be taking on that role in the difficult weeks and months ahead. Um, And I think we can all take some pride that actually those venues that sometimes um, we maybe take for granted are just playing such a a massive role in helping us fight this pandemic. So, So thanks to all of those and to every venue that turned itself blue in the last week to celebrate and thank everything the NHS are doing. So um, thumbs up to our, our venues there for the amazing job that they're doing. We sometimes don't realise that working in the events industry, we're a £70 billion sector in the UK, and that's a massive contribution to GDP. And things like using those venues to turn into temporary hospitals makes you realise just how important we are as, as an event sector. And it's great to see that trade bodies and stakeholders within the industry are all coming together and working really hard to lobby the government um, on our behalf. For example, I know Business Visits and Events Partnership have been working with their stakeholders and the government to find the practical ways that we can help the events industry. So 
looking at clarity for what supports available across the industry, whatever role you work in, um, looking to help suppliers, um, looking to make sure we just get the recognition of, of where we stand in industry and, and don't get left behind. So again, thanks to all of the industry bodies that are um, standing up for us and helping everybody from the smallest supplier to the biggest organiser be recognised and supported um, so that we do have a buoyant event sector coming out the other side. And I know the Event Industry Alliance, so the combination of AEV, AEO and ESSA have worked really hard to put some resources and documents together for all of those of us who are working at home. Um, we're quite used to it, but I know it's quite unusual for a lot of people. Um, so the Event Industry Alliance have some great resources and documents online about how you can make your working from home as effective as possible. One of the other things I just wanted to mention, again, that I thought um, was just so important for us all at the moment um, is Stress Matters, which is a free support line which has been set up and is dedicated to the events industry, giving access to um, mental health and wellness first aiders. These are really, really anxious and difficult times for everybody in the industry. And to know that we have got um, a, a support line, a free support line that any of us within the events industry can contact at any time just to get that little bit of help that we might need to get through the next few weeks is fantastic. If you need to get in touch with Stress Matters um, and get access to those mental health first aiders, you can text them on 07481 362 That's 07481 362 and they will get back in touch with you with a mental health first aider as soon as possible um, to help talk you through some of the anxieties that you're experiencing. And that's available also from WhatsApp from on WhatsApp from today. And the final shout out I just wanted to give was to MASH Media and their launch of the MASH community in the last couple of weeks, which is a forum that they've built to share advice, ask for help, share inspiration, come together, shout out about the industry just collaborate and feel like we're all in this together and get the support that we need from each other. And you can find the MASH community on the website or at community.mashmedia.net if you want to join the conversations that are happening over there about how we help each other. I know for our part, as I say, we're quite used to working at home. We are used to only seeing each other during the day um, and maybe for weeks at a time. So it's less unusual for us, um, but we are massively missing being out on the show floor that excitement of the doors opening and seeing all fantastic exhibitors and organisers. So it can be really tough. Um, but I know for everybody else, just settling into working from home, um, it's even tougher. And we've tried to make a proactive effort to put in the diary, Zoom conversations for coffees, ring people, not screen calls, um, not just rely on email, actually pick up the phone um, and try and have conversations with people throughout the industry so we can keep connected and support each other. So although it might find, seem really difficult and really challenging at the moment, I hope I've managed to bring a little bit of positivity to your day. There are some fantastic initiatives happening to support our industry. We should be really proud of the role our industry is playing in helping fight the pandemic and even more so in how fundamental we're going to be to so many businesses bouncing back come the autumn or wherever we're through this current crisis and bringing businesses and people together to establish really great business relationships which after all is what we are all about. So that said, let's hand over to the conversation we had with Steph as he talks to us about some of the things we can be thinking about doing to keep in touch with clients and customers over the coming weeks. So joining us on this week's edition of the Exhibitionist podcast, we are delighted to invite back our most downloaded guest of 2019. And that's Stefan Appleby, who is the trade consultant working in the trade team at Hanover Communications. So welcome back to the show, Steph. Hiya, thanks very much for having me back. Thank you for joining us. And uh, as you may have picked up if you last listened to the show last year, Steph and I tend to have our most valuable and informative and sensible conversations over beer and quite a lot of it. But this afternoon, we are both on video and sat here with a cup of tea. So I cannot guarantee the value you're going to get out of this with us two doing this on tea, but we will try our best. What do you reckon, Steph? Can we give people something good? Uh, I would hope so, yeah. I would also flag that nobody knows what I've got in my tea, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let them decide as we go on and see what, see what they think. <laughs> yeah, actually, just because you're drinking it out of a cup that says where there is tea, there is hope, doesn't necessarily mean it's not neat vodka. So. <laughs> so, Steph, how are you finding? We are on March the 30th today, we're one uh, week into the lockdown. How, how's it feeling for you in your part of the world? And in fact, where are you? 
so right now, as I speak to you, I'm in South London, uh, South East London, and uh, Hanover, we're, we're our office, I may not, our London office, should I say, of the, of the five that we've got around the world is right in the centre of the town on, on Grayson Road. So um, I've been working from home for, this is now my third, or the start of the third week of, of kind of working from home from, from me and for us. Um, it's been very interesting, actually, um, I suppose with the plethora of technology that everybody has at their fingertips now, I can get everything done. You know, we're doing this over video conference call, done a hell of a lot of those over the last couple of weeks. I've got all the usual email and phone uh, pieces of technology at my disposal. So getting the stuff done has been absolutely fine. You know, it, it's not so much of a problem. Missing the, the human contact uh, part of it uh, more than anything else. But by and large, not, not too bad so far. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. And I think the one thing that quite a lot of people are surprised about that we're hearing, we work from, from home, our, our offices in the back garden and used to it, but people said, I've got a massive to-do list and I'm getting it done by lunchtime because there's nobody around to kind of bother me and I'm just cracking on with it. And then I'm suddenly finding I've got all this time free and it's like, uh-huh, offices are great, but sometimes not that productive. So Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's nobody kind of tapping you on the shoulder going, can I just have five minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Um, so we haven't just invited you back today because you were our most downloaded episode of last year, but congratulations on that title. Um, mm -hmm. We actually thought you would have something useful to add that would help a lot of our listeners. We know people are in unprecedented times trying to navigate their way, way through what they now do with their, their customers and, and contacts. So you've been in the communications world and working across a whole range of Marcom's tactics. We thought you might have some useful advice that people can pick up and just think, okay, how, how do we actually start to communicate with people? So just starting at the very beginning, we're, we're saying in our newsletters and in a lot of our social media posts, really encouraging people to get uh, to keep talking to their customers. Um, they're really difficult times, but it can be easier than said than done. It's sometimes a bit awkward knowing, you know, you start an email with hope you're well and you think, you know, oh my God, does that just sound a bit sort of like I'm asking you something really personal at the moment in the, the current climate? So what could or should you as a business be talking to your customers about at the moment? What kind of what is the tone and the things that you should be saying? Um, yeah, so it's a really interesting question. I think there's a couple of places to start really from my perspective and, and with regards to what I'm about to talk about. So our particular niche within Hanover is, is very much kind of FMCG um, and focusing on, on and off trade, um, which as... Uh, as I'm sure you will have seen and the, and the listeners will have seen, um, there's been an incredible amount of pressure on the grocery channel, on convenience in particular, but um, you'll all have seen the huge queues at the supermarkets, the, the loads of pictures of empty shelves. Um, so from our, from our individual niche and, and particular niche, uh, opening an email saying, hope you're well, is actually is a pretty good place to start because uh, there is a heck of a lot of pressure on, on, on things out there at the moment. And I think to not uh, to not accept that and ignore that would be would be slightly bizarre, frankly. And uh, it all kind of comes back, I think, to the idea that that, that showing some sort of empathy to the person to whom you're speaking is probably uh, is probably is probably a decent start. You know, you uh, speak to the people you're speaking to as if as if they're humans uh, first and foremost uh, and then kind of delve down a little bit deeper once you, once you've got past that um, it's it's that thing it's it's a really good point like should you should you ignore coronavirus and covid-19 and what's going on out there and I, I think it would be it'd be even more bizarre if you did right <laughs> like can you imagine starting a conversation that <laughs> doesn't start with how are things for you you know, and that for you is really, really important. Put the emphasis back on the person to whom you're talking and let them tell you about what their particular trials and tribulations, stresses and strains actually are. Um, but most importantly, listen to the answer um, because that answer will tell you what your approach should then be, right? Uh, if somebody says, actually, everything's pretty fine, we're, we're, we're okay at the moment, uh, we've got some stresses over here and here, um, you can go, right, great, well, I've got some things to talk to you about, and, and here we go. Um, but then if they talk to you about those stresses and strains, you can you can tap into those a little bit more to start understanding how you might be able to, to if not help, at least sympathise uh, in, yeah. some, in some way. And that's a really good point. I think um, 
what we're also saying to a lot of businesses is just think about how you can help your customers and your contacts. And that might be thinking outside of the box of your usual products and services. So I think if we're all in a stage where we're nervous and anxious about our businesses and, and what, what cash is coming through the, the pipeline and kind of, you know, how you're able to just keep your business going, it can be really difficult. You know, you just want to go straight into what, what can I sell you? But almost it's kind of thinking about how can businesses go about just making sure that what they're offering is, is relevant to the customers they're speaking to? Yeah. I mean, any conversation you will ever have about selling somebody something always comes back to the relationship, right? It's very, very rare, no matter what it is that you're selling, what service or product it is that you're selling, you can only sell that effectively and efficiently if you know the person to whom you're selling needs that product or service um, and understands it, understands you and understands it well enough as well. Um, so all of those conversations that might be happening have to come back to what is that customer slash prospect relationship that you have. Um, you know, if you're if you're out there kind of cold calling and blind chasing prospects directly right now, I, I'm, I'm going to verge away from saying don't do it. But what I'm going to say is you have to be so incredibly sure of the message that you have and what you're offering. Um, it is easy to blanket say don't do it, but there are people there are people out there, there are businesses out there, there are potential customers and prospects who, who genuinely really, really might need help in whatever form that might be. So from a communications point of view, from our point of view, they might need our help um, because they've got a huge internal comms message that they might need to give to their staff who might be rightly worried about their future career, you know, because we know that um, people might be uh, being furloughed, which is a word, a word that seems to have come back into fashion. Uh, being was it ever in fashion? I don't remember oh, the time yeah. the word furlough was in fashion. It was my word of the year, 1996. What year? <laughs> um, might be being furloughed or being made But yeah, people who work for you might well be worried about their, their careers, right? They might be worried about paying a mortgage and, and putting food on the table. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of those guys, that internal communications message might be something that they need from a top level to, to, to help ease that kind of worry amongst their staff. Um, they might need other help in whatever form that might be to, to, to make their business better operationally. So on a practical level, we know that a lot of the, um, the, the kind of the chat out there at the moment um, and our our deputy MD of the corporate team, uh, sorry, MD of the corporate team, Gavin McGall, wrote a really good blog um, the other day on this. And the line that he used, which I really, really loved, he said, the issues at the moment are more operational than they are reputational. Um, and that seems to be the conversations that people are having, you know, on a base level, does the NHF have enough, NHS have enough protective equipment? So, you know, operationally is the problem they're having and there's no reputational issue. The NHS is coming across as being absolutely fantastic. The only reputational issue might be the government, but that will verge away from that. Um, but, this but, isn't but, pol politics today. The podcast. No, no, we'll so. <laughs> but like, the, the point, the point I'm trying to make is there are people out there who do need help, whatever form that might take. So approaching them and offering that, that's fine. But you need to be absolutely crystal clear who you're talking to and what you're talking to them about, and that your message is spot on first time. Yeah, and I think. One of the things that has surprised us is that um, we offer a whole range of things so we can help in exhibitions. We also do some comms around trade press. We can also do various other bits and pieces in the comms world. But actually, even we're not sure what people need. And just asking customers, just sending that simple email out saying, um, not really sure what you need at the moment, but we're here. We've got the, the facilities in place. We've got great broadband. We've got an office all set up. We've got time. What can we do to help you? What is the most value-added thing that we can do to help you at this point in time? And it's quite surprising what people come back with and you kind of go, yeah, I didn't think we could do that, but actually we probably can. Um, and, and just asking your customers is a great place to start. I think, I think that's absolutely key, right? I think it's, it's, it's important to remember that when we talk about communicating to customers, you might, you might envisage a huge long conversation or a big sales pitch or whatever it might be. But if you've got an existing relationship with these potential prospects or indeed existing customers, that communication might very, very simply be at this point one line. It might just be a text message saying, hey, hope everything's all right. I'm here if you need, you know what we can do. And it might be that absolute simplicity. And I know that 
from conversations I've been having over the last uh, seven to 10 days with some leading kind of independent convenience retailers who I know really well, talking to those guys about what help and support they might need from FMCG suppliers or from wholesalers or from whomever. The things they've been saying is obviously, A, we're incredibly busy right now. We're, we're, we've got more customers than we, we can deal with. Um, they're putting more in their baskets. They're visiting more often. They're visiting at different times. It's hugely, hugely busy. And dealing with the complexities of all of that, they, you know, they might not have time to deal with a direct communication from a supplier initially. But what they need to know is that those suppliers are there for them when and if they do need them. And that they've put in places, uh, put in place, should I say, the support mechanism through which to support them. And I think that's a really important point about just keeping in touch as well, because it would be so easy to say, okay, our offices are shut, or we can't sell you what we've, or can't provide you with what we've normally provided you with. So we'll just kind of shrink into the background. But that just makes it really difficult. Maybe it comes across as not being empathetic and not being there when people need you and being forgotten about, and maybe customers going to your competitors. So even if you know you don't feel like you can add any value or provide a service at the moment, just that check-in to say, hey, hope everything's okay, is kind of worthwhile doing at the moment, just to stay visible and make sure customers know you're there. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we've always said it, and I think I probably said it during the, the last time, or certainly the last time that we spoke on the podcast, and we know that relationships are based on people, right? You know, those best relationships are based on people, and people buy people. Um, and if they have a person getting in touch saying, hey, we're here, that empathy can go a hell of a long way as you look, as, as we come out of this, whatever that looks like, and whenever that is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, as people have sort of had two weeks, most companies working from home now and are settling down into that routine and getting used to how it all works, actually people are probably more willing to take a phone call they might have screened before, pop in a video call. I'm just grateful for a bit of chat with people because... We're not seeing anybody in the way that we used to. We're not interacting. So actually, just a phone call to say, I'm not even ringing you to talk about any work stuff. I'm just ringing to chew the fat. And how did you get on on last night's virtual pub quiz? Or how's your team doing in the virtual league? You know, that kind of stuff matters. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and I, I agree. I mean, just just so we're clear, I won our virtual pub quiz on Saturday night. <laughs> were you the quiz master, though? Is that the only reason that you won? <laughs> How dare you? Normally I'm the quiz master, but yeah, no. But, but I mean, you, you, you're absolutely right. And I quite liked, I quite liked what you did the other day, actually, when, when you just said, you know, if you need a chat in here for a virtual coffee, we're here if you, if you want to do that. And that's absolutely fantastic. Now, the take up on that might be zero, but actually the fact that you've put that out there and that people will have seen that, they'll have gone, okay, they're cool. That's, they're there if I need them. That's also knows that you're approachable in whatever the weather, right? You know, whatever the yeah. situation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You were chatting just a while ago about um, if you are going to pitch something to a customer at this time, being really, really clear about, you know, that, that your solution is exactly what they're looking for. Otherwise, just be a little bit careful about pitching ideas currently. Um, do you think there's anything else that businesses should avoid talking to customers about at the moment? Um, I suppose the simple answer to that is, anything that they don't want you to talk about. Now, that sounds quite, quite broad, but I, my, my feeling and my view on this is you kind of have, you have to, I think, let the customers lead at the moment because the customers to whom you're talking, they know their business, their situation and, and whatever, you know, what's happening with them better than you right now. Um, so you have to listen to what their pressure, you know, what's happening with them and, and understand what their pressure points are. Um, and let them take you in the direction of, of whatever it might be. Um, I think in terms of topics that they don't want to hear about, it's kind of always the same, isn't it? <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> just keep, keep it business friendly and keep everything else out, out of the way. But um, um, like I was saying, I think, I think particularly again, coming back to, to the industry, the businesses that we work with really closely and that we know really well, uh, and especially in, again, independent convenience retail, keeping the wolf from the door is kind of objective one for some businesses at the moment. Um, you know, and then for others, it's, it's about searching out help for a situation that they don't understand or they don't know how to, to deal with. So you have to, as the seller in this particular case that we're talking about there, you have to kind of take your cues from what they say. It's, it's so 
it's such a weird situation and we kind of have to go back to this. None of us have ever been in this situation, literally none of us. And it's okay to admit that. And it's okay to kind of admit that there isn't a set kind of methodology for how to get through this. You know, nobody has laid down the stones that we go, right, okay, oh, this is happening. Brilliant. Well, the first thing I need to do is this. So, you know, there, there isn't a path through that has been previously written about. And actually, all of us are in that position. And if we're honest with each other for in a business relationship when we're talking to those prospects or customers, we can we can say, look, we don't know what's happening here, but but talk to me about what your issues are and, and let's see if there's anything we can we can talk about from there um, and anything that we can do. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And um, I think the one thing, you know, you say that what, what do the customers never want to hear from you about is when there's a problem and chasing payments, probably the things that, that they're uh-huh. less likely to hear what or want to hear from you. And it's the one that we've been asked by a number of small businesses is what do I do about chasing payments at the moment? Do I have that conversation? I need the money, but I understand people in a difficult position. And we've kind of just said everyone is, every business is going to be in that position where they're reluctant to pay out and wanting to hang, hang on to their own money, but get as much cash in from the customers as they can. So it's, you know, that's just the situation in which most businesses are operating. But in reality, I guess the ones that will get through this are the ones who have the open, honest conversation and say, okay, this is where we are. This is what's on the books. This is what the invoice costs can we come to some sort of arrangement, understand the parameters you're working in? And it's just, again, empathy, honesty, understanding, collaborating, trying to find some sort of compromise that that works for everybody just to help each other get through the next few months. And those are the businesses that will be remembered versus the ones that say, well, no, actually, that was our payment date. I'm starting to add interest now. Yeah, oh, 100%. I think as much as you can, adding in a bit of humanity into what has become increasingly over the last two, three years, an automated process is is the best thing that you can possibly do. Even if you have an automated, so on your invoices point and and, and chasing money point, a lot of people now have uh, software and tools that they use that automatically chase a payment if it's not been made in 30 days, whatever it might be. Um, Fine if that's gonna automatically go out, but you as as the, the owner of that business need to, at the very least, it will take you what, 25 seconds to type an email that just says, Hey Jane, we're going to be sending you an automated invoice. Um, understand, you, you know, you can either ignore it or understand, you know, understand what it might, what the situation is for Jane, whomever is, get, you know, who's getting this invoice, and say, look, you're getting this. Just ignore it for now. We're okay to extend by another thirty days or sixty days if needs be. Let's have a chat about what the best situation is to to to, to talk about this. It, it, just do that. <laughs> just be you know, human. <laughs> human and obviously there are going to be businesses out there who've got hundreds of, of of payments that they might be chasing be they small or large right and then the idea of turning those into human interactions is quite daunting because that's <laughs> that's a stack load of calls a stack load of emails it's a stack load of of something anyway to try and add, add into that process um but all, all you can do is 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 try to to do that as best you can um and you're right the the goodwill that will be generated from a piece of human contact that, that, that understands the pressures and stresses and strains that people are onto, uh, that are under, it, it is immeasurable, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've talked about the sorts of things that you might want to say to customers and the kind of conversations you might want to have. And um, we wanting to think now about the different ways in which businesses can talk to customers. So everybody seems to be going on to Zoom. We are today recording this via Zoom. It's a really nice, easy, simple platform. Mm-hmm. And it's great, but potentially if we're in this for six months or more, then there might be a bit of Zoom fatigue setting in, I think. So um, have you seen anything really creative so far or different in terms of how you can communicate or add value or share content that isn't just another video conference or just another webinar? Um, yeah, I mean, the obvious example, examples, should I say, or the, what's the right way of phrasing this? The best things that I've seen have come through social media and that method of communication, certainly from the very, very large brands, um, has really been great. Um, talking about different ways in which they're helping or can help as well. Um, and I think that you know, with something as fast moving as this, you know, if you look at the last 10 days, the message that was being put out a week ago is so different to the message that was being put out a day later, two days later, this weekend, 
um, you know, right the way through from like the pubs closing, then all of a sudden we're, we're in some lockdown, then that's been tightened up. And now we go through and it's like, okay, where are we now? Now it's like, well, this could last six months. Who knows how long it's going to last? That constant shifting of message lends itself to a, a faster myth, method of communication. And social media has been the way that, that has been really good for certain brands to do that. Um, and we know that it's very, very easy to get that wrong as it is to get that right. And also it's very, very easy to, to not put something out and have that come back in your face. And anybody who is as, as who is as, what was the phrase that I heard you use the other day about me? Or extremely online, uh, who is as extremely online uh, as I might be, uh, will have, cannot help but have noticed that people like Mike Ashley and Tim Martin from Weatherspoons getting absolute pelters, deservedly in some, in some cases, um, for, for what they have done or have not done and what they have said and more importantly perhaps have not said mm. um, and then on the other side of it the flip side of it companies like Pret-a-Manger and Brewdog for various different reasons and rewarding the NHS or uh, producing sanitizer for, from their, from their uh, distilleries getting really really great social media uh, and great kind of reach for, for, for positive sentiment um, we know that it, it, it's very easy to say use social media as a way of communicating to your customers. Going back to what we said earlier, you have to be crystal clear in understanding your message and crystal clear in understanding what you want to get from this. Um, so let's, let's be frank here. Um, Brewdog making hand sanitizer, really, really great stuff. Well done, guys. No part of them has gone, this is purely from the goodness of our heart. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, there, there is a... A positive sentiment that comes from that you know everyone gives Brewdog two thumbs up and where does it go from there Brewdog are not the only people who've done that hand, san hand sanitizer thing the Agio have also done it so you've got two like very very different in terms of their their, their method you know the way they communicate as businesses but both of them have done the same thing Brewdog got huge uh, press for theirs and Diageo did not get as much press. I was just having a look before we went on earlier on, actually. And on Twitter, Diageo's original announcement that they were um, making something like 8 million bottles of sanitizer, I think, to, to hand out to, to frontline healthcare workers. The original social media post that they put out uh, had something like 260 likes. Brewdog put it out two, three, four, five times over the course of five days. An individual social media post, Twitter posts, got 12,000 likes, then 34,000 likes, and then 45,000 likes, and the associated shares and, and views that they get from there. So there are, again, distinct and different ways of doing it through social media. Look at where your audience is and communicate to them through the right platform. And that's as applicable as, as it is the way we're communicating now. Are people gonna get video meeting fatigue? Not in certain industries. The independent convenience retailers who I talk to aren't having a single video meeting. It's just not it's, the right thing for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for others, it absolutely is the right thing. So find that again, right method of communication, set that up, make it as easy as possible. As we have, you know, the call that we've had now was you sending through a quick email. Within two seconds, I was on, I was on that call. If that's easy to do for the businesses that you need to talk to, do it. If they want to do that, do it. If they don't want to do that, find a different way. If that's through social media, if that's through direct email, that's absolutely fine. It's again, let them know you're there. Give them, you know, give them the message that you want to give them, even if it's just saying hello. Uh, but let them know you're there and, and think about how you can communicate with them. I think um, the Diageo hand sanitizer idea is quite interesting because is that just vodka? Do you just wash your hands in vodka? <laughs> Surely that does a similar trick, I would think. I think, I think it probably would. Uh, I mean... It might not smell as good, but sure. And be quite a waste of vodka <laughs> in these desperate times. That's more importantly, yeah. That's more importantly. <laughs> but it's a really good point you make, as you say, that, you know, that the things that Pret are doing and the things that um, Brewdog are doing are about uh, responding to need at this current time and, and um, being able to show their kind of altruistic side. There is obviously a commercial undertone to that, but I'm just interested in your opinion on... Um, not everything has to be COVID-19 related. Don't make your link too tenuous. If you genuinely can't add value or don't have an offer or you're kind trying to shoehorn something around COVID-19 just to get people to listen to it, it's going to look quite contrived and quite false to your audience. 
Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, I've seen, so if you go, if, if you go on LinkedIn right now and everybody's homepage will be different based on who they're connected with, but everybody's LinkedIn page, I would imagine is very, very similar to mine. And that is, here's our take on COVID-19. Here's our take on coronavirus. Here's what our business is doing. Here's an example of another business doing something really good that I've seen. It, it's all coronavirus related. And then in the middle of that, every 10th or 20th post is somebody who styles themselves as a marketing expert saying, here's what your marketing campaign should look like if it's coronavirus related. And it just says, don't do it in big letters. And that point is really, really important is if you don't have anything to say about coronavirus, don't say it, but make sure that your customers and prospects who will have something, you know, this virus will have affected them in some way, say it to them and have empathy with them saying, look, we're here, here's what we do, here's how we can help, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just in terms of direct and indirect marketing that we've talked about, and I know for people thinking about kind of how do they switch their marcoms now, maybe out of events where we would be specialists into more kind of trade press, direct mail, you know, MailChimp newsletters, whatever they're doing. What, what's the slight differences that people need to make between a, a direct and an indirect marketing campaign? Can you be a, um, a little bit kind of more formal or less formal in one versus the other? Do you need to be more human in one style than the other? Are there any rules really for indirect versus direct? As long as they're true to your brand and what that brand is, probably not. Um, I'd say probably not as a really broad brush. Like, you know, <laughs> used exactly the same text that you use in a tweet as you as you then go on to use in a in an email you're probably not doing it right um as long as it's true to your brand and it's true to the message that you've decided you want to put out then that's absolutely fine um i think one of the important things to note as well going into that we've said we've said so many times right that marketing is god and it's an awful i don't i don't like the phrase particularly but marketing is about the toolkit. Use everything that you have available to you that works for you. So for some people that's social media, for some people that's email, for some people that's increasing their impact using the trade press and going through that. For some that's direct WhatsApp messages or texting your potential clients and customers. And for others it's big old billboards and, and whatever else that might be in TV advertising. Um, and it, if it works for you, use it, but you have to, you have to imagine the customers and businesses, sorry, the customers and prospects that you have, I would hope that you know the best way to talk to those people. Now, at the moment, your face-to-face -face interaction is, if you go to a lot of events and if you use events, that's obviously curtailed, right? Um, there's not a lot of events happening at the moment. So you then to think, well, okay, how am I gonna to talk to these people? And the way in which I would recommend that you do it has to be relatively short and sweet, understanding that they might not have a lot of time right now to, to, to absorb whatever message it is that you're you're putting putting across. Um, if you if you were going to have a stand at an event over the course of the next two or three months that's now been cancelled, the messages that you were going to put out at that event, which I would assume you've you've planned, I would hope you've planned, you've under I'm gonna assume. Um, I would hope that you've planned what they're gonna be, right? Whether that's we're launching a new product or we've got this advice that we want to give out. Well, now the way in which you're going to put that out has to be the right channel for your audience uh, and invite people to come to you as well. You know, put something out there through social media and invite people to come to you. Uh, put something out through LinkedIn and say, hey, is this something that people might want to do? It's kind of that connected reach through all of these, these platforms that can work really well. And we know that going back to again to, to to the guys that i've been speaking to over the last couple of weeks with it in independent convenience retail specifically um the retailers themselves are looking for information across a variety of different platforms they're interlinked and connected to each other through whatsapp and, and, and social media platforms like that so retailer a will be learning what retailer b has done or is doing because retailer b will have said hey this is what i've done and i'm doing and that is helping each of those stores increase their own you know individual networks and um, so you're seeing more and more of those guys going on to local community facebook groups and saying hey i'm this store on this road just so you all know we've got products a b and c uh this is what we're doing to help our community we're doing delivery drops if you're isolating and need a delivery drop let us know and we'll see what we can do for you we're here to help and so it's about letting people know that you're here to help and 
one of my favorite, like looking at some of the social media, sorry, looking at some of the trade media statistics. Um, so in our industry, we know that traditional printed media holds holds sway to some extent. Um, the, the websites off the back of those print media titles, something like betterretailing.com, their web numbers are up 64% year on year because retailers are going to that site going, what's the latest? What are suppliers saying that I need to hear? What are the retailers doing that I can get inspiration from? And they're looking in all of these different places. So you can then, if you're a, a business, look at those different places and go, right, do I need to put a message here? And if so, what is it? And I think that that kind of just um, emphasises the point that you made earlier on, that everything really for most businesses at the moment is operational. So going with strategic visions of what you could do this time next year and you know how you could launch these fantastic new platforms or I don't know, consumer insight or actually businesses just don't have the, the bandwidth to take that in at the moment. So if you're, if you are talking and you are adding value, it, it is more around the operational. How do they just get through the next few months rather than, you know, if you've got great big strategic ideas, maybe just keep them up your sleeve for the moment. Yeah. Uh, potentially. Yeah. It's uh, just, there will be time to put out the big strategic message in two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever it might be. And if it's a huge strategic shift that you're making, one would imagine that that strategy is set fair for the long term and can wait a week. Yeah. Although, interestingly, um, I don't know if you know Karen Green, who's a, a food mentor, working um, great speaker, great author, working um, with kind of startup brands, um, a lot of food and drink brands. And she had put a, a shout out on LinkedIn this morning because I think it was Waitrose and Marks and Spencers that she was referencing that even in amongst all this, trying to, and Ocado, trying to deal with all of this, they're still looking for new ideas, for new ranges, for Christmas, for next summer. So although there's a lot of operational people at the front line, actually the, some businesses in the background are still managing to do some of that strategic thinking and, and need kind of leading on to the next question I was going to ask you, kind of where we get to as a country in six months' time, three months' time, however long it might be, and this, this bounce back, there is still work going on behind the scenes with that. So, you know, we feel like we're stuck in the middle of it at the moment and it's really tough for lots of businesses, but encouragingly, we're seeing the hashtag bounce back being used more frequently, particularly around events. The big conference centers in China are opening up at the end of April for their new conferences and exhibitions again, which is fantastic. So it's great to see that enthusiasm. But from a comms perspective, what could businesses be doing right now to try and strengthen their own position for their bounce back in whenever that might happen? Prepare. Prepare, okay. prepare, prepare. I, not, none of us know for how long these restrictions are going to be in place and none of us as yet know if the restrictions are going to be increased and tightened or relaxed um, and when or if that might be. The only thing you can be, or the, the best thing, should I say, that you can be as a business right now is 100% prepared for when that the ribbon is cut, if you like, <laughs> uh, when the bell drops um, on, on the, the, the next stage of, of 2020, whenever that is. Um, if you are in a slowdown through whatever, you know, however that has come about, whether that's fewer people are buying things from you or, you know, you don't have as much to do, whatever the reasons, be prepared and ready for that next stage. You know, you, you have to make sure that you've got all of those plans in place um, so that as soon as you're ready to go again, you're ready to go again. And it, it sounds alarmingly simple, but do that long list of, right, okay, what do we need to be? Imagine, imagine a world in which, right, you've got to, it's almost like after the Christmas holidays into the new year, right? Yeah. And again, there are people who, who don't have a week or two weeks break, so fine. But imagine a world in which, right, the end of the year, you then go, right, we're all back in on January the 2nd or 3rd or whatever it might be. What do we do in, in week one? And it's like, right, well, we know that we've got to approach these clients about this. And we've got to approach these prospects about this. We've got to develop this. And we've got to have a plan in place for this, this and this. Well, you now have time, potentially, certain businesses will have time to get even more ready for those dates and improve and refine um, those plans to make sure they're as good as they possibly be, possibly can be. Sense check them with other people, sense check them across the industry, have a look at what else is out there and, and speak to, if you can, friendly prospects and customers and go, look, 
this is what we're planning on doing when we're out of this what do you think can you get feedback on what they are um, and feedback on how the best way to land whatever it might be might be but prepare you have to make sure you're prepared and ready for whenever this ends absolutely and um when we're doing our workshops, we tend to start to start it with one of my favourite phrases from uh, Abraham Lincoln, which is, uh, if you gave me six hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend my first four hours sharpening the axe. And it's like, you have your four hours now to sharpen the axe. So, yeah. you know, you will never be given this time again. Um, so use it wisely. So I'm kind of talking to myself at this point rather than sitting watching daytime TV. <laughs> Use it wisely, do something constructive. So, so yes, I'll take my own advice there. So, um, so brilliant advice there. Thank you so much for kind of talking us through how, how businesses can communicate um, with their customers. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit um, at this point, but just to say um, people maybe have a bit more spare time at the moment and um, want to kind of learn some things, help themselves get better and get stronger for the bounce back. Any good business-related books or podcasts apart from this one obviously um reads blogs anything that's caught your eye over the last couple of weeks and you thought oh, yeah, actually that's that's a really good bit of inspiration for businesses at the moment um i can be hugely hugely selfish to some extent here and say that over the last two weeks the hanover communications team um not just our own trade team but the wider corporate team has put out some really really good stuff we did our own piece of research on uh what the opinion of business businesses out there we spoke to over a thousand businesses over a couple of days um, to get a, a vibe on what they want to hear and how they want to hear it uh, and who they want to hear it from which was which actually quite insightful uh, and has helped me to uh, you know kind of think about how we as a team move forward as well so that's the self-indulgent answer so head to <laughs> hanovercoms.com um, the non-self-indulgent answer I don't know what's what's inspired me um or even just something you've enjoyed, you know, to give you a bit of downtime, a, a good podcast or TV show that you've enjoyed that's just kind of taken you away from the, the difficulties and the challenges. Oh, from a, on, a business, on a business tip or a non-business tip? On a non-business, yeah, non-business. It's a non-business tip. I, I, I would, <laughs> there's two answers to this, one of which I don't think anybody else will enjoy apart from me. But the first one is obviously watch Tiger King on Netflix, which is incredible. Uh, I cannot recommend Tiger King highly enough. Um, Tell me a bit uh, more about Tiger King. It's, so it's about uh, a guy, a redneck guy who owns a kind of zoo slash big cat sanctuary in Oklahoma. Uh, and it's a seven parter um, about his network of big cat fanatics in Oklahoma and Southern America. Uh, and I, I don't want to spoil it and give anything away. It's, it's, Every person in that program, and you meet five, six, seven, maybe uh, big cat fanatics, are all insane in a very, very individual <laughs> way. Um, it's about the relationships between them, and uh, yeah, it, it's magnificent. I cannot recommend it. <laughs> really, really good. Uh, so that, and then uh, my my personal one is uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, there is a there's an American historian by the name of Ken Burns. Um, he's very much like he's he's what your dad watches. <laughs> like he's what American dads watch, I think. Uh, and he's got a huge amount of series uh, on various different things, including the American Civil War and the war. And I've just started a ten-part, twenty-two-hour extravaganza on the history of baseball. I didn't realise there was quite so much to write about baseball. So, or watch, should I say? <laughs> You'd be surprised, but yeah, uh, yeah. I just, it, yeah, just unwind, put something relaxing on on the telly, and and do you know what the most important thing is? The most important thing I think for absolutely everybody, even if you do not feel like it, go outside and walk around while you still can. <laughs> now, this yeah. advice might be redundant now. Yeah. In hour Twenty-four hours. Yeah. But I. I I cannot begin to tell you the difference that going for a half an hour walk actually makes yeah. is vital and everybody should do it. Yeah, and the, the thinking space, I mean, we say we work from home and quite often we'll just go out for a walk because we, Steve and I work together in the same office, but we work on different things. So that half yeah. hour over, over a walk and a chat is like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, oh, that really helped with me. And it's just the thinking time is brilliant. So, yeah, I, I echo cool. your thoughts on that. So. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So just remind me again, it's www.hanovercoms.com yeah. if people want to pick up the blog. Yeah, Hanover, H-A-N-O-V-E-R-C-O-M-M-S. 
Com, HanoverComs.com, the trade part of it, which I, uh, I the trade part of the team on which I work will be HanoverComs.com slash trade. Um, I'm on social media on LinkedIn uh, and on Twitter at Stefan, S-E-F-A-N underscore Appleby, uh, if you want to find me. And yeah, that's, that's where our stuff can be found and where I can be found. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, lots of valuable advice there. Stay safe and we look forward to um, sharing a beer with you very soon on the other side. Absolutely, you too. Take care. Cheers. So hopefully a little bit of light relief there with Steph, but also some good ideas about ways you can get in touch and keep in touch with your customers over the next few weeks. So that's it from us for this week. Just to let you know, we are recording over the course of this week some videos based on the Exhibitionist book and the workshop that we run. So we'll be giving you some of the, the tips and advice that we share on those workshops um, and taking you through what we call the PIE process of so planning, implementation and evaluation for how to deliver great exhibitions. Those videos will be in bite-sized chunks, so we're calling them the Exhibitionist Flashes, and you could be able to pick those up via YouTube from next week. Um, you'll be able to dip in and out of those based on the things where you know you need most help, so whether that's about budgets or stand design or squad training, There'll be a, a five to 10 minute video just on that topic so you can dip in and out as you need them. But that's hopefully we thought we could give you some content and something that adds a bit of value if you've some spare time over the next few weeks to help you learn some new skills, develop a bit of confidence and come back even stronger in the autumn when we will hopefully all be back on the show floor again. As always, you can get in touch with us via the website, which is www.inspiringexhibitors.com. We'll still be blogging on that website, bringing you updates from around the industry, but also some more advice and tips. And you can also subscribe to the newsletter there and get in touch with us. And we have the exhibitionist book and uh, journal and workbook available via the website as well. And just as a reminder, we donate to the National Literacy Trust for every copy that we sell through the website. So if you're going to check out those videos, a great accompaniment to that would be the Project Manager Workbook, which has got a whole host of exercises on the back of the video. So watch the video for 10 minutes, do the exercises in the workbook, and by the end of it, you'll have a, a perfect blueprint for your next exhibition success. If there is anything at all we can do to help out anybody in the events industry supply chain over the coming weeks and months, please do get in touch. We're still in the office, we're still working, and we're more than happy to do anything that's needed to help get us all through this. So whether it's just a coffee, whether it's a bit of research, a virtual coffee that is, a bit of research, or anything else we can do to help, please do get in touch. We would love to hear from you and help out wherever we can. Stay, stay safe, everybody, and we look forward to seeing you back on the show floor before long. Happy exhibitioning. Hop over now to inspiringexhibitors.com to subscribe to our newsletters, blogs, and future podcasts, keeping you up to date with industry insight. While there, you can also find out more about The Exhibitionist, inspiring trade show excellence. Once again, thank you for listening.